Sampson. Nikayla, welcome to American Conversations. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming. And and we want to hear what happened to you. And, and, and so let's back up a little bit before you end up at uh, the Academy at West Point. What, what, I mean, was this your dream, your life's dream to go to the Academy? Um, when I was 10, I wanted to go to the Naval Academy. Um, I always knew I wanted to go to uh, like a military academy my entire high school and middle school life. And then I chose Army or West Point because my dad was in the Army. He was an officer for 20 years. He didn't go to West Point, but he inspired me to go to an Army academy. So, so military experience is, is in your family? Yes, ma'am. Both my parents were in the were in the army. Oh my gosh! So, so this was a dream that you had. Where are you from? Well, I'm from very many places. I'm I consider myself to be from Texas, um, the San Antonio area. Okay, all right. Because you were you were you were an army brat whose family moved around. Is that is can I is that the correct way to say it? Sort of in the yes. civil world. Um, okay, so you went to West Point and and. What was your experience there? Were you just well, thrilled to the be there? I was very excited to go. Um, of course, basic training was not very much fun. It's not really fun for anyone, but it was an experience. My freshman year was very challenging, but that's what I wanted. It was like I expected it to be. And um, it was it was what I wanted. I loved it. I loved making new friends. The people is what makes West Point the greatest, I say. Uh, I, I would say um, classes were not not anything I couldn't handle, but they were still challenging. Um, everything was great up until um, I would say the actually when the vaccine came out at, at West Point. So like March of second sem or yeah, March of 2021 of this year, second semester is when things started going downhill because we were starting to get treated differently. So tell us about your experience. Tell 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 us. I mean, when 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 they said it was mandatory in, in March of 2021, or they was it mandatory well, at that point, or was it just they were offering it and pushing it? Technically, it was not mandatory until September 27th, so less than a month ago, or actually about a month ago. Um, we just lost your video. Oh, there you go. We just oh, lost sorry. your video for a second. There it was go. not mandatory until September 27th. Um, on March or April of 2021 is when the, the, the vaccine was starting to be distributed in our school and people started going in rounds to an auditorium to get vaccinated. Um, at this point, they said it was optional, but they um, they didn't really treat it that way because our privileges were taken away. Um, a lot like the stigma and the, the, the stigma around campus was if you're if you don't get vaccinated soon, um, then you're just not smart or you're making a poor decision and stuff like that. We were kind of we weren't really cast out until the summer. Summer training got really bad. But um, at this time, it was like a, um, a large portion of cadets were not vaccinated. So roughly 600, 700 of us were initially unvaccinated. Um, and then the number began to dwindle over time because of all the like the pressure that we received. And your, and your reasons for not wanting to get it, do you want to share those with us? Um, on, yes, ma'am. I have lots of reasons, honestly. Um, it's not safe. It's not effective. I've seen so many of my uh, my fellow cadets, like people as young as myself, getting hurt, and like uh, now they have they have permanent injuries. I know I know personally um, a, a couple cadets who have permanent injuries from the vaccine. Um, I know grown women who are pregnant and or trying to get pregnant have um, who had miscarriages, and I even know one who had a stillborn child, um, which is very rare. Only only point six two five percent of of all births. Uh, um, end up in stillborn and 
her baby died as she gave birth to a dead baby. That was shocking to me. And, um, and it was because of the vaccine. Um, just many things like this, and not even just, I'm not, I'm not as scared as I am appalled at the way that this vaccine was rolled out, especially at West Point. Behind the scenes, um, people that we're supposed to res respect and revere as officers and leaders were not, be, were not acting or conducting, them, conducting themselves in a manner that was becoming of an officer. Um, one specific officer uh, who is in charge of all the medical things for cadets at West Point in charge of all the vaccine stuff, she personally, not personally, sorry, she, to, to my friend's faces, called them um, called them non-team players, said that they weren't fit for the Army. She was very disrespectful to them, and she's a full-board colonel. And, and that is was this, not... is this Is this Colonel Dawson I keep on hearing about at West Point? Yes, this is Colonel Dawson. Um, this happened before summer training is when she was like, is when she, she had conversations face-to-face -face with some unvaccinated cadets, trying to pressure them to get vaccinated. Um, um, criticizing them, criticizing them for making quote poor choices and just being disrespectful. It's, it's kind of unexpected from a colonel, is what I would say. Did she ever meet with you privately? She did um, after the vaccine mandate happened. So very recently, um, after September twenty seventh, I think it was early October, she met with me. I am. I think it was to convince me to get vaccinated, even though the mandate had already happened, and even though I had already denied the order. Um, she talked to me because she said um, I was one of the unvaccinated cadets who was not very um, outspoken about it because I did keep to myself um, in regards to being unvaccinated for the most part, um, keeping to myself as in like I didn't approach officers with my with my um, unvaccinated status or I didn't put it out there. And so she thought I would she thought I would comply a little bit more because I didn't speak to her yet. Is, is like that was I could tell that was the, the way she was approaching me with this conversation. So right. we sat down right. for about 45 minutes and she tried to tell me or convince me that, you know, the vaccine was OK and it was safe. Kind of like kind of like um, I made a big mistake and she wants to help me fix the mistake I made in, um, in a kind of way that it was kind of demeaning, if, if that makes sense. Sure. Sure. She's talking. Yeah, she's, she's, talk she's talking down to you. Yes. Um, and then at the end of the conversation, she she told me that she still thinks I'm going to get vaccinated and even went as far to give me a hug, which I guess was her way of saying, I care about you, get vaccinated. So that that was her that was her conversation with me. Other conversations that she had with other cadets were not nearly as nice. So well, now, we've we've heard about the, the the room that all the unvaccinated were told to come down to uh, late one evening. It was mandatory. Did you attend that meeting as well? Yes. Every single. What was, your, what was your experience with that, Nikolai? Oh, it was kind of shocking at first because we were brought into this is an auditorium type room where um, where classes usually take place. So we we were all brought in, all 35 of us, roughly 35 of us and our TAC officers. And it, it was kind of like the feeling of a dystopian novel because we were not we couldn't speak. We couldn't really defend ourselves because when we did, we were shut down immediately, which did happen. Um, my friend Hannah McDonald spoke up. She was shut down. One of the freshmen spoke up saying that this order was unlawful and he gave reasons as to why. Um, they had papers prepared and everything, actual evidence and documents, but they were shut down immediately by Colonel Dawson and by other officers saying that um, that there was no, no negotiating the legality of the order and that we had really no room to talk. So um, after we were shut down, we just had to sit down and be quiet and sign the paper. And we couldn't leave the room until um, until we either decided to get vaccinated or not. So we were forced to make a decision then and there. 
Had you been in conversation with your parents during, during the course of this? Yes, ma'am. Um, the entire time, my parents have been extremely supportive. Sure. And did they say that they ever experienced anything like this when they served? Um, no. In fact, my father had to take the anthrax vaccine when he was in service. Um, he had to make this choice, and there was nowhere near any any um, this pressure and this discrimination. He didn't face it. In fact, he he felt like he came to this conclusion to make um, make his own decision about his body, um, by for himself and by himself. There wasn't any extreme pressure by the um, by the army side. So I don't understand why all of this that happened to us over the course of these like past six months or so, why it was so strong. And I understand that they may, they they put in the public domain a list of people who have been vaccinated and unvaccinated. How, how did you feel about that and your violation of your HIPAA privacy? I felt I felt like my privacy was being violated. Um, the Excel sheet, there was an Excel sheet sent around by every company. Um, and it was I understand the purpose of it was to make sure that we were put in the correct platoons for for our summer trainings or our, 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 our proper groups. They didn't want to put vaccinated with with unvaccinated people in the groups. But the fact that it was core wide, meaning that every you could see that um, that you could see the vaccine status of every single every single cadet that was unsettling um, because that is a, that is a direct HIPAA violation. And it was it was so normal, like other cadets didn't even see it as a hint, like as a as a privacy hindrance or as a violation of anything. It was just it was so subtle that they didn't realize that the right to their freedom of privacy was being violated. So they they normalized it, in other words. Yes. Yes. They, they normalized it. it. How did you feel about the discrimination and the segregation and 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 the demeaning attitudes towards you? personally during this process it wasn't bad until the summer so um during the school year of my freshman year when the vaccine came out it wasn't bad i didn't really face any criticism um it was only when we were actually physically put in a group with other unvaccinated cadets set apart like physically where is when it got really bad because we lived in a tent about about like half a mile away from all the other cadets during summer training um, and not only was it it took longer longer for us to form up and to get to places but we had to wear a mask inside outside no matter where we were just because of our vaccination status um ev everyone else did not have to wear a mask and we were pointed at that and I'm sorry? I'm sorry go ahead and finish go ahead and finish. oh um I remember times when other cadets would point and laugh at us as like very childlike. Um, they would like cough around us very loudly to mock us, or they'd call us the dirty platoon. Or behind our backs, I would hear things of my friends from other platoons who were vaccinated telling me that their officers told them to stay away from us and that their um, their, their cadet leadership told them um, that we we're the sick platoon and that we sh that they shouldn't be around us. And to, if you see someone with the mask, don't go, don't go near them because they're unvaccinated, something like that. And this was coming from leadership. Was this coming from other cadets, older cadets, to 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 the, to the younger ones, or was this actually coming from the leadership at the school calling you a dirty platoon? This was the dirty. Um, the name calling was from cadets mostly. Um, cadets and cadet leadership. The officers, um, trying to maintain the professionalism, they they said to stay away from us, but in a in a professional type manner, as if to say, um, they are a hindrance to mission readiness. Do not go near them. That kind of tone of voice. That they might as well have said you were dirty because then th yes. that's their way of saying that you're not prepared. 
you're not up to the task. You're yes, not up to the task. Yeah, uh, that still is very demeaning. <clears throat> How many women were in that in the smaller group that you were with? And did you guys sleep in the tents, or did you did you sleep in the dorms? We slept in the tent. Um, it was only after people started complaining, and not not ourselves, of course. People outside of us started complaining about our living conditions that we got moved to a dorm, like to an actual building. But there were only four girls, including myself. Um, not not only four girls were were unvaccinated. The rest of them who couldn't make summer training were injured. Um, there were only four of us in a tent with about 30 other men and we walked in i remember this very clearly we walked in to a very it's a very large tent it's not like a camping tent it's like a it's like a, a giant white tarp if anything and we walked in and we saw a whole bunch of boys and a whole bunch of cots and then the girls we looked at each other and we're like where are we supposed to sleep yeah. so our cadet leadership looked at us and said we can't do this i i don't i can't believe they did this we, we can't do this so we, they found a blue tarp and they attached it to the top of the tent in a very small corner and we put four cots in the in that corner for the four girls to sleep in and it was cozy it was nice having our little girls corner but of course it wasn't 100 percent secure because it's just a blue tarp and on the other side there's about 30 other guys being guys so it was uncomfortable at first and when they finally did move us to a dorm with proper with like air conditioning and um and internet access and laundry um, we had to share a bathroom with them because the way this building is set up, it's just beds and a bathroom because they're also supposed supposed to be separated by gender still. But mm -hmm. they refuse to, you know, they refuse to take us apart, put us apart just because we're girls and boys because we're vaccinated. So we they had they had us put up our rules for unvaccinated cadets because we had specific rules about when when and where to wear when and how to wear our masks. And we had to share a bathroom with the, with the men. So we would flip a sign on the front of the door when girls could use the bathroom and when guys could use the bathroom. And so how many days did you live in this tent? Oh, we lived in this tent for about 10 days, I'd say. And then the rest of summer training was in the dorms. So did you have any interaction with, with any of the vaccinated or was it just they would walk on by? What, first, happened, what happened when you guys went to eat dinner or lunch? breakfast so um the way our summer training was put together everyone ate outside um just just because the the dining facility was under construction everyone ate outside so we all ate together but for in the very beginning when we were in the tent we we had very little interaction with any vaccinated cadets besides the ones in our own platoon because there were two squads um there were two groups of vaccinated people um in our in our entire group um we were just labeled the dirty platoon because we had unvaccinated cadets the unvaccinated cadets were we were set aside um, in that other living conditions. But um, for the most, after after we got moved to a real building that was a lot closer to the vaccinated cadets, we had regular, relatively normal interactions with everyone else, and we got to see our friends again. It was very nice. The reason why they moved us was um, because of, I guess, the look of having unvaccinated people in a tent. So we had, um, I think, parents complained and said and because of course we complain because we're not going to just be quiet and sit in a tent a very cold tent with no no heat or anything um we told our parents and i guess our parents told west point and they moved us from the dorms otherwise if no one had said anything or if our if we had said something they wouldn't have listened to us because they never did sure sure so um let's talk about you know do, do you feel disappointed in west point do you feel as if your dream has now been ripped from underneath you and and what do you what do you see for your future nicolai um i had very high respect and regard for the army in west point up until the mandate 
I honestly did not think that our army was willing to go that far and to mandate something that wasn't FDA approved and under the guise of another vaccine saying that it's the same thing as this vaccine. So it's going to be, it's a lawful order when in reality it was not and is not to this day. Um, that's when I really was, I reached my, my, my limit with the army. I was like, I can't push this anymore. I, you've lost my respect. I can't serve in an army that, that goes directly against what they say they are fighting for, which is freedom. And, um, it was just deceitful. So I left. And now that I'm gone, I plan on, um, well, in January, I have, I have a trip planned for South Africa to, on like a mission trip to teach at a Christian school. And I'm really excited for that. And after that, I hope to attend college and continue pursuing my education. I don't want to stop just because of West Point. Um, like the army is not the end all be all. And I knew that leaving, I knew that West Point wasn't the end of the world and that God has greater plans for me. So I decided to, that, that ultimately is why I decided to leave. I wasn't going to serve something that was, that I knew um, was deceitful and I knew was not right. It was immoral and unethical. No matter how long or how many, how much, how many members of my family were um, involved in, the army has brought my family very far. In fact, I'm go, I go so far as um, to say I am a product of the army. Both my parents raised me. I was born on a military base in my entire life, childhood, up into my teen years have all been because of the army and now that my family is no longer attached to it neither through my parents nor me um, i'm willing to move on and move forward going to college um, doing something greater because god has whenever god has called you out of something he opens doors so did your did your faith guide you through this horrible experience absolutely i do not think i actually i know for a fact i would not have been able to go through all of that if it weren't for my faith. Um, I can remember a specific time during summer training when one of the girls who did end up getting vaccinated, she um, she really felt all the all the discrimination and um, the, the name calling the most. It brought her to tears at sometimes, and it was really hard for her. So we we were her only support system. Us other girls who lived with her, um, we would pray with her. We would we would talk to her um, like you don't have to do this. She she just she just kept on repeating to herself, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna get vaccinated. I'm gonna get vaccinated. So she got vaccinated immediately after leaving summer training and um, she felt bad because the rest of her friends were unvaccinated and she was vaccinated. And at first she felt bad and we felt, we felt sorry for her because like that was the clear depiction of all the, all the pressure. It felt, it, it looked like she was experiencing a lot of the pressure, but because of my faith, I was able to endure it. And because of um, my other friends who also are strong in faith, we we bonded together that that togetherness is really what helped me get through it did you do you think that this that how the leadership and how and how the leadership pardon me encouraged the cadets to react to you guys that maybe added added trauma to any of the other cadets um yes but the way that it was fed to cadets was just straight. This is science. This is true. Believe it. Um, there's really no arguing. This is like, this is fact. So the way cadets received it was that way. And they would talk to us. Um, the ones who did not support us would talk to us and about us in that manner. And that, that pressure was felt. It wasn't, even though it was mostly behind our backs, the ones who did come up to us trying to be respectful, you could still tell there was judgment everywhere. So yeah so what do you think that this does to the conscience of a soldier 
when their own people tried to break them. So this, the, the way we're taught at West Point to think and act is we're supposed to be individual in thought is what we're told, but this is a total 180 from that doctrine. We are told to be, um, if that we're, we're told that if we're given an order that we don't think is, um, that we, that we don't want to comply with and we don't think is ethical, we're supposed to speak out about it. But when we did, we were shut down. And when we did, we, um, we were just, we we're told to be sheep and we're told to just follow the crowd. And that's, that's not right at the end of the day. It's just not right. Did you have any concerns about the, the fact that uh, long-term effects are unknown at this point in time? And, and, and the fact that you're a woman and concerned about uh, fertility issues because you, you had some friends that you knew who had. Yes, yes, absolutely. I have some friends who regret getting vaccinated at West Point. Um, they're um, some girlfriends too. They're, they're very, very concerned about the future and about whether they will have kids or not because of all the things that have been happening right now to pregnant women and, and women um, who want to get pregnant and are not able to um, in recent in recent months. Um, personally, I have concerns about that too. My roommate who got vaccinated when the order happened, um, she was holding out for the longest time, but because she's a senior, she felt obligated to comply with the military's orders because otherwise she would have to pay a very large amount of money back to the army for leaving. Um, she, the day after she got vaccinated, she had some very serious effects. She was coughing up blood. She was staying in, in her bed. Um, she didn't eat for a whole day because she physically couldn't move. It hurt too much. Um, and I was wondering to myself if, if this can happen one day after getting vaccinated, what what are the effects years from now? So those are de those are definitely one of my deepest or some of my deepest concerns. We have we have interviewed vax injured, um, COVID vax injured, and and some of the stories we're hearing from the women that it affects their menstrual cycles. Did you ever hear anything like that? Yes, my roommate she did she had a she had an abnormal menstrual cycle. In fact, after the vaccine, she. Um, she, she had she had problems with her with her menstrual cycle after getting vaccinated. Nicolay, is, is there anything more that you would like to, to like to share with the audience? Um, no, ma'am. Just I just want to thank you very much for having us on because I just want to expose the things that are happening um, in the dark. A lot of people don't know what's going on at West Point because the cadets were told not to speak. Or actually, we we cannot legally we cannot go to the news and things like this when we're at when we're cadets because it's army policy it's like it's against the rules um and now that i'm out i feel obligated to speak out against the things that are happening because I, I i cannot walk away from something like that and be quiet so good for you and please if you hear of anything else please come back to us and and and, and let us know what's going on with the other cadets how many how many more uh cadets left I mean, if I had to guess, um, I think we left about 20, between 15 and 20 cadets are unvaccinated remaining and they're standing strong. They've, they've been through everything that we went through. They were in summer training with us um, and they're facing pressure too. They've been restricted from a lot of things and they're mostly worried about th being able to go home for Thanksgiving. Um, as of right now, they are not allowed to go. They are not allowed to go home for Thanksgiving is what I'm, is what I'm told. Um, and I'm really worried that they won't get to see their families for um, possibly until the summer, which is which would be an entire year since they've seen their families. Why can't they go home for Thanksgiving? Oh, um, one of the restrictions for unvaccinated cadets is that if you leave the state um, or if you go outside of 75 miles from West Point, whenever you come back, you have to quarantine for a week and Thanksgiving break is only a week. So there would be no point. They wouldn't um, they wouldn't let us leave. 
so let's go back just a little bit before we before we close this out. When you when you had that meeting and and, and you were told to either sign this or you're going to have to get your papers done and you were going to be left. Now you're saying that there are some that actually have stayed, but they're fighting it. Is, is that correct? Or Yes. So they're fighting it um, by getting religious and, and medical exemptions. So far, okay. most of the medical exemptions have been denied just very quickly because they they just didn't want to have to mess with that. Um, but the religious exemptions are being they're being held They're They're not moving fast because the army wants to know what to do with dealing with unvaccinated soldiers as a whole. Whatever happens to the cadets will happen to the entire army because cadets are our soldiers at the end of the day. So. The, they're fighting it by by having a religious exemption open and not not still not complying with the order to get vaccinated. But Dawson, but my understanding is Colonel Dawson was saying some of the cadets that there are no religious exemptions. Um, I'm sorry, can you say that again? It, it, my understanding is this correct that, that Colonel Dawson was telling the cadets that there were no religious exemptions? Um, yes, ma'am. So Colonel Dawson, she. She was in charge of the medical exemptions, which is why they were denied so quickly. Mm. Um, the religious exemptions goes up very high to some, I think, a general somewhere somewhere outside of West Point. Hey, thank you very much for joining us on American Conversations and come back anytime to hear anything that's going on. Thank you on. for having me. All right. Thank you. Have a blessed day.